I recently watched Inherent Vice, written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. It's adapted from a book of the same name by Thomas Pynchon. I honestly didn't understand the plot at all. I'm not sure anybody really does. This is a stoner movie big time. The main character in the movie, played by by Joaquin Phoenix, is a guy named Doc Sportello. And he is stoned the entire movie. He's a private investigator. His girlfriend comes to him, his ex-girlfriend, and says that her current boyfriend is on the verge of being thrown in the loony bin by his wife and her boyfriend. So she puts Doc on the case to try and investigate. And along the way, he uncovers a government conspiracy involving the FBI running drugs, uh, an international drug smuggling gang called the Golden Fang, which is a great name for drug smugglers. One thing I really loved about this movie was that Doc always tried to do the right thing, even if it was at the cost of himself. That's what I related to the most. I think that's the most human aspect of the stories. He always tried to be moral. And there was a, he had a great character foil with Josh Brolin, uh, who plays an LAPD cop called Bigfoot. That's, that's his name. And Josh Brolin is kind of like the, the, the quintessential uh, man from the 50s or the 60s. You know, he's, he's out of place and out of time, out of step in an era in L.A. where everybody was dropping acid. One of the other interesting backdrops of this movie were the Manson murders. So this is post-Manson murders. And of course, uh, that's the killing of Sharon Tate. A lot of people say that was the death of the 60s, interestingly enough. So one of, the, one of the other themes in the movie is that times are changing. Even for Doc, he feels out of place, even though he is a hippie. Everybody has great like facial hair in this movie. There's also uh, this one great scene towards the beginning of the movie where he goes to this massage parlor called Chick Planet. And these girls, they're uh, basically saying, oh, uh, we'll eat each other's pussies and you can watch because they thought he was a cop. He's like, no, I'm not a cop. And then he ends up getting hit in the head and framed for a murder and all this shit. But uh, overall, excellent film. Go check it out. The other movie that I watched in my double feature was a movie I'd seen before, but it got got the juices flowing for Paul Thomas Anderson after watching Inherent Vice, Boogie Nights. If you've never seen Boogie Nights, go check that out as well. It's a great 90s flick. He's, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, he is... He does. I don't really know if he even cares about plot. He writes such great characters and he picks the right actors for the role. So Boogie Nights takes place in the seventies and in the eighties and it stars Mark Wahlberg as Dirk Diggler, who is this kid from Los Angeles who is out of a, he doesn't have really a family. His, his mom's an alcoholic. His father isn't really like a father figure that a young man needs. And along the way he meets Burt Reynolds, who plays this character, Jack, uh, Jack Horner, 
who is a porn director. Julianne Moore plays his girlfriend, and basically they become Dirk's surrogate family. Some other standouts in the movie for me, John C. Riley. I think this was one of his first big roles. I don't, I don't know of what else he did before this, but he was really funny in it. He kind of plays like this older brother figure to, uh, to Dirk. Heather Graham plays Roller Girl. She's sexy as fuck in the movie, but she also gives the most heartbreaking scene in the movie, which is her and Julianne Moore are doing cocaine, and she asks her, I'm going to ask you if you're my mom and I want you to say yes. And her and Julianne Moore are both crying on this bed, coked out. And she asks her and she says yes, and they hug. Um, it's just a really heartbreaking, well, the whole movie's not heartbreaking, but there's some really heartbreaking parts to it. I absolutely love it. Another thing I really loved about it was Don Shadil. He plays this character named Buck and throughout the movie, you see the years kind of changing from the seventies to the eighties. And he's trying to find his look cause he's very unsure of who he is. So kind of as the trends change, she changes with them. The greatest thing about this whole story is about surrogate family. Because you wouldn't think of a bunch of people in the porn industry in the 70s as a family, but they really had no one else but each other, and they had no one else to really understand them in the life that they were living. Dirk Diggler in the movie, he becomes a huge star. He rises, he wins all kinds of awards, gets all kinds of accolades. He's finally doing something that he feels good about himself when he never had that in life. And with success comes a lot of trials and tribulations. He gets addicted to cocaine. Him and, uh, him and Jack get into a fight. He leaves He ends up going to just like a jerk off in front of guys for money. One night he goes to do it and he gets his ass beat by a bunch of homophobic assholes. Um, They kind of set him up and this one guy was watching him jerk off and telling him to go faster and shit. By the way, who is the guy who volunteers to do something like that? Honestly. Honestly, not that there's anything wrong with it, but I am suspicious of that guy because he's like, yeah, I'll watch him jerk off and then we're going to beat him up because we think he's gay. Anyways, um, the movie does have a happy ending. Uh, Basically, the whole family gets back together. Go check it out. Paul Thomas Anderson. He made me think. He made me feel. What else could you want from a movie? much of my adult life, I've been running down a dream, chasing for years what I believe to be success. If I can get this gig, things will be better. 
If I can fix my car, I'll be much happier. If I can pay my rent on time, I will consider survival in the adult world a momentary victory. Momentary victories are crucial in the day-to-day grind of life. Many times, life has a way of knocking you down just as you regain your footing. When you regain your footing enough, you get some sea legs under you. Getting back up doesn't seem so bad, but success for me became my obsession, along with my career. Career in air quotes. It's a funny thing. What is it that I'm really trying to do? Is it all a vapid, hollow chase? Is there an end? Will I ever be satisfied? There has to be more to life than hucking it out in the clubs. It's all a conceit of movies, TV shows, and songs, trying to cope with reality at hand. It's unfair to expect perfection from anyone, including myself. Usually, I find myself at odds with the world. Chaos and harmony are always guaranteed. Why is it that I find myself at odds with the world? Expectations. My expectations are that everything goes swimmingly, and I deal with chaos in a tactile manner as it arises. I'm good in the short game, but I'm just okay in the medium to long-term game. But what's the point? That is the wrong question to ask. I'm spiritually hungry, seeking a more serene existence. Especially when things become chaotic. Chaos is inevitable. Harmony is the antidote. Today, I want to talk about a book I've been reading called The Art of Peace by Morhai Ushebi. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but this book, I don't really know what the origins of it are exactly. I think it was written a long time ago and it was translated into English. It's about this a Japanese warrior, samurai kind of figure. And I figured in the new year, maybe this can help. Uh, Maybe it can help me. Um, Maybe it can help someone else. You know, I I think uh, a lot of times I just feel, I just feel confused by life. And I don't understand the world. And I don't always know how to appropriately respond to things in a mature manner. I get upset, but I hide it. I don't show when I'm angry. I conceal it. Um, It's because I conceal my emotion. I think I, uh, for a long time, I was even trying to conceal it from myself. It was something that I learned in surprise, surprise childhood. But this book, Art of Peace, I feel like there's answers in here. There's universal answers that everybody can at least hopefully take something from. 
The world is so mean and nasty today. It's because we, we have constant contact. We are on Twitter in direct communication with other people's psyches. And I mean, it's not just on Twitter. I'm using that as an example. It's, it's through technology in general, even if you're texting someone. It, it's as close to being psychic as we've, uh, as we've ever been in human history at least that we know of, um, unless you've taken mushrooms or something like that. Cause you feel, you feel like you could really fucking read someone when that happens. Um, if you're not crying in a corner, wondering why no one loves you or you're crying in a corner cause you're overwhelmed with love. I mean that that's just the nature of mushrooms, but yeah, let's just get started on this book. Um, so the first passage The art of peace begins with you. Work on yourself and your appointed task in the art of peace. Everyone has a spirit that can be refined, a body that can be trained in some manner. I mean, I can't even fucking speak tonight. In some manner, a suitable path to follow. You are here for no other purpose than to realize your inner divinity and manifest your innate enlightenment. Foster peace in your own life, then apply the art to all the, that you encounter. So what does that mean? The art of peace begins with you. I mean, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, if we're looking to make changes, I think if you want to change the world, the first step is changing yourself. There's, there's no way you can change the world unless you change yourself. Or you can take the easy bitch way out like Hitler did, and you can make changes that way. Um, he was also shooting a lot of cocaine and shooting, him up with, uh, shooting himself up with testosterone and shit like that. But, and, and that really makes me think of, uh, of Harry Potter with the sorting hat. You know that scene where Harry goes... And he gets put in the sorting hat and the sorting hat doesn't know whether to put him in Slytherin or Gryffindor because he says he's great. He's capable of great, but terrible things. Okay. Work on yourself and your appointed task in the art of peace. I think that's pretty straightforward too. Um, It's so easy to blame outwardly. It's easy in relationships and family and professional situations, but what good does that really do? It doesn't do any good. I really relate to this next line. Everyone has a spirit that can be refined, a body that can be trained in some manner, a suitable path to follow. We can all get better. We are full of nothing but potential. Our souls are eternal. Our bodies are temporary. What is this weird psychedelic existence that we are dropped into that we have no fucking idea about? That's what really fucking blows my mind sometimes. We all like throughout human history, we've had theories about it. Where did we come from? Evolution. You know, I, and I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I don't believe in evolution or anything even like that. I definitely believe that science is a thing, but is there some kind of magic out there 
in this existence that we just don't understand yet, do we ever need to understand it? Or do we just need to understand ourselves on an individual basis? You are here for no other purpose than to realize your inner divinity and manifest your innate enlightenment. I I love the idea of uh, of enlightenment. This is the thing I'm going to keep coming back to in 2022. What really is enlightenment? I think that's becoming the best version of yourself. There's something that connects every living and non-living thing on this planet. It's magic. It's it's really like we're living in a in a lost episode. Every time that there is an answer to a question, it's just another question. There's no straight answers. And I honestly kind of like that. It's like a great movie, you know, I, and going back to what I was talking about with Paul Thomas Anderson and his movies, um, I like when things aren't so clear cut and it's open to interpretation. It's way more fun that way. Foster peace in your own life, then apply the art to all that you encounter. Fostering peace in our own lives. <sighs> I guess when it comes down to it, it's all about trying to be as harmonious as we can in both times of stress and in times of peace by the way we treat people by the way we react when we get bad news you can be human you can feel those emotions but you also have to be able to not make emotional decisions rage based decisions Decisions based on sadness and depression, which is something I did for a long time. I was just constantly trying to numb myself to feel better. Turns out that does not work. The art of peace is medicine for a sick world. There is evil and disorder in the world because people have forgotten that all things emanate from one source. And return to that source and leave behind all self-centered thoughts, petty desires, and anger. Those who are possessed by nothing possess everything. So what exactly does the art of peace mean? I think it's just about having a Zen approach to life at all times. Being completely comfortable with yourself. And understanding that the world is not a reflection of you, but it also is a reflection of you. 
There is evil and disorder in the world because people have forgotten that all things emanate from one source. We've forgotten, you know, there's this uh, great story in the, the Bible called the Tower of Babel. I think that's the name of the story. I don't know if it, it w- what part of the Bible it's from, but it talks about a tower being built so high. Um, and I think all these people fell from it or scattered or some shit like that. And then everybody started going off in different directions and speaking different languages. And if you really think about it, the internet is like the tower of Babel. That's kind of spooky. It's kind of cool. But yeah, the internet is like the tower of Babel because although we can all speak one language on the internet, there's the great thing about it is you can share music, you can share memes, jokes, anything, anything you can imagine. Uh, Just watch that Bo Burnham special. I can't remember what the name of the song is, but it talks about... um, you can find anything all of the time. Uh, boredom is something, something. Apathy is a crime. It's great. Return to that source and leave behind all center, self-centered thoughts, petty desires, and anger. We got to do a better job at remembering. I have to do a better job at remembering. Let me correct myself. Um, that we're all one one being, man. We're all one people. We're all born. We all bleed. We all die. We all shit. We all cry. We laugh. All sorts of stuff. You know, the, the, there's a wide spectrum of human emotion. Like, think about today. Did you have a bad day or a good day? What happened? Just run through it for a second. Think about what it was, how you were feeling when you first got up, when you got into your car. Did you take a bus? Were you in an Uber? What was your first interaction with a human being today? How did it go? Did you connect to that person in any way? Or were you just kind of skirting through? Those who are possessed by nothing possess everything. I mean, if you, if you don't have any beefs with the world, if you're not getting angry at people and acting out emotionally and fighting. Uh, You always have the upper hand in life because you have the upper hand with yourself. If you have not linked yourself to true emptiness, you will never understand the art of peace. What is true emptiness? I think true emptiness are those moments in life where you feel like you've lost everything, where you've lost 
mentally, spiritually, physically, maybe just one of those three. You really see who you are in those moments and what you're made of. And if you don't know that, how can you know how to be Zen? Eight forces sustain creation, movement and stillness, solidification and fluidity, extension and contraction, unification and division. Movement, the busyness of life. I think you also have to be constantly, not constantly, let me, re, let me repurpose my words here. There are moments in life where you have to be moving in order to get ahead. But the past two years, we have been in a global stillness with fucking COVID. This is something we're all experiencing even right now. I really struggle with stillness. I'm always wanting to move and go. I feel like it's an obligation to myself and my existence to not be lazy. It scares me when I see a lazy person. I don't want it to rub off on me. I can very easily get into a mental and emotional rut when I sit around too long. And it's an overreaction. Where does my mind go? A place that operates off of fear. I need to make amends and embrace stillness. Solidification. I think of the word concrete and a movable force. Willpower should be concrete. But it's not because willpower is a human emotion and a human construct. There are moments in life where you have to stand your ground and dig your heels in for whatever it is you're going through and for whatever it is you believe in as well. Like if, if you truly believe something in your heart of hearts, I I think we are obligated to challenge whatever our core beliefs are. There's very few things in life that are black and white. Mostly everything is gray. Killing is wrong. Like hurting children is wrong. Being mentally and emotionally abusive to, to others out in the world is wrong. We're, we're spiritually toxic with one another right now. And the internet allows that it allows a lot of great things too, but it allows a smoke screen. We're able to hide who we are and maybe be who we really want to be on the internet. It's important to me to live by a moral code. One where I attempt with my best intentions to do the right thing. Sometimes the right thing can burn you. 
but it's necessary to do so so I can sleep at night. But I also have a lot of struggle sleeping, so who knows? Fluidity. Fluidity. You got to go with the flow, man. Be like water, like Bruce Lee said. Another thing I struggle with, I can be very fucking rigid in terms of scheduling and what I believe, um, which maybe I'm contradicting myself right now, but is that not the point of being human? I think it's important to get fluid whenever the waves are starting to crash on you. You have to you have to absorb yourself into that wave and take shape. Like water, water can be in a cup, it can be in a Tupperware container, it can be in the ocean, it can be frozen on the ground, it can fall from the sky. Water has a lot of range. Extension. Shooting for the stars. And reaching beyond what we perceive to be our abilities. Pushing past the comfort zone. For me, it's taking maybe a gig that I am not sure I can do or that I can't be ready for in time which is a calculated risk, but sometimes you have to extend yourself in order to fail to grow. It can be asking a girl out that I feel like is way out of my league. Uh, I've told plenty of uh, rejection stories on various podcasts over the years. I guess it still has never stopped me. I've just kept going, rock and rolling with it, Dating's always weird. Dating is a situation where you do have to be fluid. You do have to extend yourself. You also have to stand your ground at moments too. Contraction. This contraction makes me think of winter. Um Winter is a time for self-reflection. I was very prone growing up to get uh, depressed in the winter time. I suffered from a suicidal depression when I was 17, 18, something like that. I was a few months away from my senior graduation, my senior year graduation, right of passage, you know, Um, And I had no fucking idea what I was going to do with my life other than I wanted to do music. I thought maybe I'll go to college. You know, when I was still young in my late teens, early 20s, I thought maybe one day I'll go. But I knew deep down I wasn't going to. I wasn't fucking interested in sitting in a class or anything like that. I got way more enjoyment from just being out in the world around people. Um But yeah, back on track. Contraction. Contraction is a double-edged sword. Because with contraction, I have found that I can 
isolate and also withdraw. Isolation for me is both a gift and a kiss of death. There are, there are places my mind can go when I'm alone that are both horrible for me and great for me. I can just sit around and think. I swear to God, I could, I could watch paint dry on a wall. No problem at all. Like if, if you ever need me to, to just, if you ever need a guy to just sit there and watch paint dry, I am 100% the person you should hire to do it. I'll even do it for free. Unification. Right now, the world is severely lacking unification. This is maybe the most divisive time in human history. But how is unification, how does it lead to creation? In terms of music, you get together with some of your friends and you're playing, you know, I, I mean, that's an act of creation. You get a lot farther going with other people than going at it alone. But there are times when it is necessary to go alone. You can also work yourself into a hole trying to work alone. But sometimes that's necessary too. I mean, you got to learn sometime, right? I, I, I mean, everything that's, that's bad about life and about the world, whatever you want to fucking call it, is also a good thing. A lesson can be drawn from it. Maybe that's what the art of peace is really about. It's everything bad. There's a way for you to improve. The last one, division. This was one that I really thought about for a minute to try and make sense of it. We're living in the most divisive time. I mean, you look at social media, you look at Twitter, uh, any of that, you look at the elections from both 2016 and 2020, and I see a lot of negatives with division. But what are some of the positives? Okay, you, uh, you got a pie. A pie, just one solid pie, not cut up or anything. And then you have a friend come over, and you cut that pie in half. And then you have two more friends come over, and you cut it up again. And everybody is able to share the pie. I mean, that's an act of creation in itself. And, and the experience of being able to share with someone, you have this shared experience I think that's what division really is, is spreading love and spreading the wealth in any way you can. And there's also, again, another extreme to that. You look at someone like AOC who thinks that, you know, cow farts are destroying the environment or whatever and tells people not to eat cheeseburgers and then she's seen eating a cheeseburger, which, again, very human. I can forgive that. 
even though I think it's kind of silly. By the way, January 6th is coming up the one-year anniversary of all those cucks uh, trying to riot and take over uh, all the shit, you know, the Capitol. Um, My favorite story from that is there was a guy who stole AOC's shoes. I mean, they never said it was a guy, but clearly it was a guy. He ran in the Capitol and he stole her shoes. I wonder if he's selling them on like fucking the dark web or some shit. And there's just dudes jerking off into AOC's shoes. I mean, AOC's cute. I'm not really a foot guy, though. Here is Lazy Crazy by my friends, the Weird Sisters. Happy New Year. See you next week.
a dollar And by that I mean I'm buying time More than I'm a seller If you're waiting on changing the exchange rate is off Don't take it unless you earn So you wind up being soft And burn my bad intention Tell me why do you create To collect the benefits Or do you give it all away Make this world a better place Receiving nothing with a smile So help and be a leader Cause we're turning up the dial Your mouth never ends I'm so low, I got the fence I'm out doubt inside my head I think I've been here before The walls inside my mind Are breaking down with me inside They're just burying me alive So I'm forced to find the door Face to face with the shadow Of some bitch I used to be I can't wait until the shadow Becomes the current me Cause I'm growing, I'm learning It's faster than I think I'm dying Thank you.